Blog Talk Radio. Yes, 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 yes. It's another week. It's a, another Monday, another day in the Rona. You know, we're going to start talking about it like it's a neighborhood. We got another day in the Rona. And that's what we're doing. A beautiful day in the Rona hood. A beautiful day in the Rona hood. <laughs> <laughs> Don't Could you be, be my. my. Don't you be my. Don't you be my contagion. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started. Welcome to TNC Radio, the next chapter, where we will always be diving into open, in-depth conversations about dreams, determination, and dedication, and the journey taken to realize them, focusing on transitioning from one level to another and recognizing when and how to move to the next chapter. Tune in tonight with your host, 8-Town and... Gypsy Star. Oh, oh, oh. I gotta right. get and today, up. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And today our special guest is Ngoma Hill. Ngoma is a performance poet, multi-instrumentalist. He's like, he's like Prince, singer, songwriter, activist, and paradigm shifter, who for over 45 years has used culture as a tool to raise social, political, and spiritual consciousness through work that encourages critical thought. A former member of Amiri Baraka's The Spirit House Movers and Players and the contemporary freedom song duo Serious Business, Ngoma weaves poetry and song that raises contradictions and searches for a solution to a just and peaceful world. And plus, he's off the hook. He's a mentor. He's a friend. And I like him because, yo, we can get silly. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, it's going to be that, man. So how's your week in Arona been, man? How's your week in Arona? Man, listen. Rona is causing people to lose their minds. But yes. I'm loving it. I'm 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 loving it. I'm I'm absolutely loving it. For one reason only. It's really exposing a lot of stuff out there. You know, stuff that you can't deny. And if, if if you don't mind, I want to get into a little bit of that because it's kind of the current events, and we ain't did that in a while. Yeah, we got to get back to our format, but we've had so many people on and stuff. You know, we got we got to get back to that. So yeah, current event, hot topic, what's happening? Okay, did you see? Okay, okay. What went down in Michigan? You talking about the armed okay. militia going into the state house? Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Right? People are protesting. Yes, People are protesting for, for haircuts. Haircuts. I need my haircut. You need to open up right now. And I find you it very interesting. Pretty. I find it very interesting, a couple of uh, points. Number one, I like history. So it made me reminiscent of a historical thing that happened. I didn't live through it, but I read about it. When uh, the Black Panther Party walked into the state legislature of California, and then Governor Ronald Reagan, at that point, Governor Reagan, right, was there. It was legal to do that. Those brothers had on leather jackets, berets, black power fists, and rifle, uh, shotguns. Brothers went to jail behind that shit. Although it was legal, they voted and grandfathered the law back to convict them Negroes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not what I think. It's history. Look it up. You had a yeah. bunch of people who did not look like us with assault rifles and body armor on. Yelling at the police in their face, like so close that 
I hope the brother had a breath mint, like in your face like that, like the drill mm-hmm. start, like the drill instructor from uh, Full Metal Jacket, that close in your face, right? Mm-hmm. And they were protesters. They were patriots. They were exercising their constitutional rights. But I think yeah. about a 12-year-old, I think about a 12-year-old little black boy in Cleveland, Ohio, who was in a last thing would be Rice, would it? Yes, sir. Last name, uh, this joker was in a park playing with a BB gun. And the cops pulled up on him, one cop in particular, and shot him like he was Ricky at the end of uh, Boys in the Hood. It was a BB gun. He wouldn't have time to know because I watched the video. He started shooting as he got out the car. There was no warning, no nothing. He He started shooting when they were pulling up. That a I a cop did a drive by, dude. Like you can you can take that clip and then right as the cop pulling up, start playing straight out of Compton. It looks like a '90s gangster flick. It literally, when I saw it, I was like, "This looks like Boys in the Hood." <laughs> For real. Well, as the song said, this is America. You know, and this, you know, it's it's, you know, I you know when people tell me that America has changed, and that you know there's no more racism and this that and the other, and I'm like, where did it go, and when did it leave? Because I've not seen a period of time that. Based on what was happening, you can say it left. You know what I'm saying? And if it did leave, where'd it go? Did it, it magically just disappear? I mean, it's, let's let's be for real. There is no, and and let's let's break this down. There is no police fear of armed people. There is police fear of armed people of color. I've seen so many videos. I saw a video where a white guy was complaining at a stop and he went, literally walked back to his truck, opened the door, reached in, and the cop was still talking to him. Pulls out a rifle, starts shooting at the cop, and the cop just started running. I mean, literally, he walked back to the car angry, opened the door angry, reached in, cop never pulled his gun. Then when he pulled out the rifle, the cop ran. And I'm just like, hold up. Let me me get this straight. There's a brother who had both his hands up and walked back to his car. And he didn't even get his hands in the window or inside the car when he got shot down. But a white guy can, and, and, and the brother was being compliant as far as being still and having his hands up in the air. This white dude was arguing, complaining, turned, walked back to the car, opened the door, reached in. Cop never drew his weapon. So 
So you can't Even tell better. me. So you can't tell me that you have a fear of armed people. Because if you had a fear of armed people, everybody who was armed would be getting shot at. You have a fear of people of color who are armed. And it's not rational. And it's not based on your best interest or your safety. Because from what I understand, stats show that cops are killed and shot more by white males than anybody else. So if you should be afraid of someone, you should be afraid of white males with guns based on statistics and, 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 you know, and what they show. But you're not, because this is not based off of your well-being. It's not based off of some, some, some happening or history. Because we know that happening in history, black folks get shot more than they shoot. So this, let's call it what it is. It is a ethnic cleansing. It is a racist and racial act. And it, it's pathetic. Oh, we got Ngoma in. We can, we can, we can, we can, you want to get him in on it too? <laughs> we can get yeah. Ngoma in. Hold on one second. We're going to get Ngoma in on this. So, yeah, one thing. Hello? Yeah, we're back. And so, what happened? I don't know. My people's my people. There we go. Um, yeah, when I clicked you, it didn't click in. Yeah, so everybody on the line, we have the honor to have Ngoma Hill um, on the line. I already read part of your bio, and later on you can talk about whatever else you, you want to do because I know sometimes when you get, like, people read your entire bio, you'd be feeling like, why are you reading all that? So, you know, I read <laughs> – I, I took the first – I took the first paragraph, but – you know, I don't want to read your life story, but um, yo, um, Gypsy, fill them in on um, what we're talking about now. And Goldman, we want to get your um, your opinion on today's hot topic. So, Gypsy, break it down. What's the, the madness that happened in Michigan? State legislature. <laughs> wow. wow, nothing else had to be said. Wow. Just, just wow. Okay. <laughs> just wow. Gotcha. I right. Just that. Wow. The madness that happened in Michigan, and he was like, "Oh yeah, just wow." Just go ahead. Just it's 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 your so mind. People, <laughs> go. People forget what's been going on over the years, you know. I don't know if y'all remember the Michigan militia. You know what I'm talking about? Mm. Some years back, was an organization called the Michigan Militia, and they was armed white boys who formed the militia. Similar like similar to the Klan and stuff like this. They had organized a real militia called the Michigan Militia. So this is, this is nothing new, and there's nothing 
surprising. People don't understand the relationship between these racist white organizations and the police. Y'all do realize that many places, a lot of the policemen are Klansmen or ex-Klansmen, and a lot of the the governors and the officials are Klansmen. Okay, so I'm not surprised or anything. That's just what's what's that's where we're at, and. The white boys can run around and wave guns in the air and do whatever they want to do. But if we do it, they'll, they'll either shoot us or lock us up. So that's 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 the way I'm at. And it's, it's simple as that. It's not it's not complex. <laughs> I think a lot of people don't realize what's going on here in this country. They think everything is you know hunky dory. Everything is kumbaya, but it ain't kumbaya at all. And all this stuff with with with, with 45 followers. You know, that's just, that's where they're at. That's, that's, that's real. Uh, and if you don't think it's real, all you gotta do is look at what happened back in Charlottesville. Who was that? Like a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where we are. And the question is, what are you gonna do about it? Cause you, you, people talking about, oh, we need to build this and we need to build that. But if we build it, can we defend it? Ooh. In Tulsa, Oklahoma, and all the places that you know where black people had their own businesses and shops and little communities and stuff, and, and the rednecks just, you know, blew it up or burned it down or hung, hung, had mass hanging, you know. So we ain't that far away from that. Okay, so yeah, you know, that's my opinion. <laughs> you need to watch your back. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and if anybody wants to call in, because, I mean, last week we had um, Okanta on, Utapu Okanta, and I was getting text messages, and people wasn't calling in, and we like to interact, because we can get, we, we are known as the ignorant intellectuals, and we can talk all day and ask questions all day, but if there's something specific that you want to talk about or questions you have, then, um, yeah, you need to call in. The number to call in is 646. Six six eight two five seven four. So the format in Goma is like we always do a check in, see how the week was, and then we do a um a hot topic, and then you know we get to the to the main subject. So you're in New York. What is your yeah. week like under this? And I know because I mean, um, what's your governor Cuomo? He's they yeah. show him on the news more than they show um Trump now. So what is well, it like, it. you know <laughs> somebody got to <laughs> <laughs> so, somebody got <laughs> So so tell us what 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 life is like in New York right now. Um, you know, from the people that you know and talk to, are they gelling with Cuomo or they moving more toward like we need to get out the house? Like, what do you see going on over there? I, I haven't really, I haven't really asked anybody, you know, how they feel about what's going on. So I can't really give you their opinion. I can tell you what I see, and that is, um, okay. There, there are not there are not as many people on the streets, so you see the scarcity of people. But then you do see a lot of people. People still jogging. They're still walking their bikes. They're still walking their dogs. They're still going to the store. You know, they're doing what they got to do. But it's just not as many people, and, and it, there's nothing that you can do collectively. Like the restaurants, the ones that are open, they're only doing takeout. 
So you can't like sound like you're going to a poetry spot or you're going to a restaurant because it it's not or go, you're going to the theater. It's nothing to go to. So it's kind of dead. You know, if you're not living with somebody that you really dig that you can just hang out with, <laughs> you just you know yeah. you just you just sol. Like you don't know so, that so well, so shit out of luck. Yeah, yeah, we know. <laughs> so, how has it personally affected you, or has it like, as as a quarantine and being in the house has has that affected well, you, you know, in a negative way? I'm retired from my nine to five, so I'm mostly at home anyway. <laughs> you know, <laughs> unless, I'm going to a, unless I'm going to a poetry spot or something, you know, to a, you know to to the theater or to a, a restaurant or something. You know, I'm at home anyway, so it's not like it's not like a big deal. My lady's here with me, and we're just hanging out, hanging in, and cooking, and <laughs> listening to music, and, you know, yeah. just being us, writing and doing. She's a poet too, so we're doing our own different poems and stuff. And so you know, we, we, plus I you know I'm a musician, and I play about I don't know, I lose count, somewhere around twelve, fifteen instruments. So you know, I, I'm I'm not bored. I got plenty I can do, you know. Uh, practice something. I try to perfect some instruments that I'm not that good at. It's a bunch of things I just started playing over the last few years, so I'm still, still trying to perfect them. So I have, you know, Man. a lot of time, a lot of time on my hands. I don't have to punch no you clock. Make... <laughs> <laughs> you make a brother feel the special. I'm, this... I'm on quarantine. And I can't getting... play not one the instrument. Money. <laughs> the money I'm getting is. It's direct deposits, so, you know, just chill, you know. Well, don't feel bad about that, brother. I started playing instruments when I was seven years old. So. Show <laughs> off. I got to high school, I could play five instruments when I started high school. So. Wow. Everybody, everybody got some skill. They got some. Got something they, can, they do, so. You know, I'm a mean hand clapper. <laughs> somebody, somebody got to do that. Somebody got to do that too. Okay. Hey, like you, like the person in church, like playing the tambourine. Like I can't do nothing, but I can, I can bang this tambourine. I'm sorry. Hold on. Hold on a minute. <laughs> like what you do? I play the tambourine. Right. I play there's, there's an there's an there. Everybody can't play the tambourine. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> 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 but like yeah. when you went to church and you saw that old lady that can that can. Uh, Play a tambourine real well, just smacking it and everything like that, just going to town yeah. with it. Her yeah. kids were in line. <laughs> you <laughs> she had <Yeah>. practice. <laughs> so, I, so I got a question um, more about the quarantine because both you guys are in relationships, and one thing I've been hearing a lot about is quarantine breakups like people like relationships going sour because people are spending so much time around each other and realizing that you know we need our nine to fives because if we around each other too much 
you know, we don't want to be around each other anymore. Like, have have you, and I don't know if this is safe to say on the radio, but have, have, have you, <laughs> I just thought about asking, it's like, oh, we live, like, this might not be a good question. So I'll, I'll change it. How do you work nope. out? Run it by be, me, be, run it by me. <laughs> like, are you having, do you have, have you had problems? Have you worked through the problems? Have you had the issue of being around your partner so much that you start questioning the relationship or like no, trying no, to I find had, stuff I to do? Problems. I haven't had either of those problems. <laughs> so, what, so how do you attribute that? Like, what do you attribute that to? I mean, and I'm asking from the perspective of, since that's not happening to you, why don't you think it's happening to you? And why do you think it's happening to other people? Like, how how you like to the point where you ready to end a relationship because you spending time with your, with the person? Either one of y'all probably can answer because both of y'all married. You probably shouldn't have been with them in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong person. <laughs> I don't know, so, so you think? I'm just, I'm just fortunate. I, I, I can't speak for everybody. How, how y'all make that work? Um, well, then, believe it or not, all those in New York City, I got a pretty big apartment. I can be in one part of the apartment, she can be in the other part of the apartment, go wherever. You know, we're not bothering each other. We don't bother each other anymore. Yeah, we're very good relationship. That's all I can say about that. I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> no, I mean, that's perfect. I mean, that's, that's perfect. You, you both got to eat. You both have to respect each other's sense uh, or need for space. You know what I mean? Sure. Don't nobody want to be around somebody 24, like, you know, ooh, I love you, I love you, but there's sometimes it's like, you know what? You breathing a little too loud. <laughs> you know? He <laughs> 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 said you are breathing too loud. You know, yeah, and um, and that may be her telling me that, you know. So you know, <laughs> respect everybody. You know, everybody needs some time to themselves, and you know, just as long as you can make that happen and make that work, and then still be able to come back together. But most of the time, yeah. you know, that's just people, people who are getting together who really don't understand that about one themselves or their partner that's having those issues. And then you go and do little like little kid shit to each other, and just like go, go piss them off just for the sake of pissing them off. Like you know, yeah, of course mm-hmm. your relationship is going to end relatively soon. Yeah, but this is ha- I heard this ha- I heard this happening to not only people living together, but people who are married. Like you know, it's just like people are losing it. And I mean, I don't I don't know whether you would attribute it to also stress and anxiety and handling it poorly, but yeah, when I heard that, I was like, that's amazing, man. Like, I couldn't imagine living with somebody and then after being locked down, all of a sudden, it's like, okay, I don't want to live with you no more. It's like, so what were you doing before? <laughs> it's like, yeah, exactly. what did your life look exactly. like before? Yeah, right. Well, yeah. the relationship I'm in now, I got I to do it just before I retired from my 95. And she also had to die from her nine five. So therefore, from the get up, you know, we're together. It wasn't like I had to get used to her being around. She had to get used to 
we were together from, from the beginning of the relationship. So, why should that yeah. be uh, not a 45 so you can go on there? I wasn't going nowhere in the way. <laughs> I mean, not on, not only that. For me, I find that it's um, you know, I I I have this little mantra, you know, because I, I my my ner- I I have very little patience and my nerves are thin, and you know, sometimes I just sit there and you know, I just look at it and I go, I love my wife, I love my wife, I love my wife. You know, just you know, I, I love my wife. I love my wife. I love my wife. And I'm quite sure that she sits there and looks at me sometimes like, "I love my man. I love my man. I love my man." Because if I didn't, you know, what I mean, so, I, I saw a movie one time where this guy, where 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 this um where this where this where these people were talking and they and they asked them about marriage and being in marriage and they and they told the they told this guy this I, I can't remember if it was a man or a woman talking. But it was like when I heard that I was like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. It's like, listen, dude, love fades. So if you don't get with somebody, you better damn sure be with somebody you can stand. <laughs> and I was like <laughs> And I was like, oh, yeah. There it is. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. You ain't all lovey-dovey every day. You better be with somebody you can stand. <laughs> well, you, know. you heard it on, on TNC Radio. That's how you avoid the corona divorce and the corona breakup. You got to get with somebody right. you can stand. And also respect in space. That is important. You know, it's, um, in Khalil Gibran's book, The Prophet, he was talking about love. He said, "Love close, but at a distance." And he used and he used the concepts of trees. He's like, gigantic trees can share the same field as long as they're far enough apart. So you can be close enough that you share something, but far enough apart that you don't smother or take over each other's space, or where you have to fight for the same space to survive. You know, and like I said, you know, I don't, I don't understand it. Like, you know, of course I'm divorced, so. You know, I guess that, you know, you you might say that disqualifies me as an expert, but I will say this, you know, and I mean, and, and, we, and, we, and the reason we broke up wasn't because we couldn't be around each other. It was life stories, but I can't talk about that because it's part of the divorce settlement. But I will say this, <laughs> when we were, when we were together, we spent 99% of our time together. Like, I mean, we drove, when we moved to California, we drove from New York to California, and we stopped off in different places. We stopped off in Cleveland and wherever, and we spent most of the time talking. And it was like, you know, a two- or three-day trip because we weren't pushing it. And when we got out of the car, we weren't through talking with each other. And I think that's because, one, we both had a healthy respect for each other, and we both also... I had stuff to talk about. It wasn't just, you know, repetition, I love you, I love you. What you doing? What you doing? I mean, we had things in common that we could talk about to the point where we could be around each other all day, and it wasn't an issue. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we, and we, we, did, we did get on each other's nerves sometimes because, you know, I'm an artist and she's an editor. So cause when, cause so when she was editing my book, you know, we used to not talk to each other for, for two, two <laughs> days because cause we're cause we arguing over content. We ain't mad at each other as husband and wife. We mad at each other as editor and author. <laughs> I'm like, you ain't changing my oh, stuff. Man. I'm going upstairs. And go upstairs. I don't need to talk to you. And so that's what we argued about. You know what I'm saying? But, but I, yeah, I, I, I don't get this breaking up stuff, you know, because you spend too much time with each other. I'm like, you said you're going to spend the rest of your life with them. What do you but, think was going to happen? But just so, uh, just so the people who are listening are aware, I was around during the time that they were, you know, together and getting together. And, yes, they were nauseated. So I'm just going to let you know right now. They were, they were fucking nauseated. It was, just, it was like a nonstop sugar fest. It was like I'm going to get diabetes just being around you two fuckers. It's like I need to leave. It's like. Y'all are, y'all hater aid. <laughs> hater aid is being poured on the air as we speak. Oh my goodness. Saying. And it's 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 name brand hater aid. It's gypsy star <laughs> hater aid. <laughs> <laughs> it's name brand aid. It can be hater aid, but it don't make it ain't true. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, like we <laughs> we've been getting it in. But this is a legacy show. And it is a series. Next week, we're going to have on Jessica Caremore for Mother's Day. Then the next week after that, we're going to have on Reggie Gibson. And then after that, we're going to have on Yana B. Woodhouse. And so, um, wow. yeah, so we get we, we getting it in. So, But um, we have a Goldman Hill, performance, poet, instrumentalist. I, and, and don't take this bad because I just, I, I get pissed at real talented people. And he can play 15 instruments, blah, blah, blah. That's a wonderful thing. I'm just jealous. So I just have to say that. So, yeah, but he's an instrumentalist. He's a paradigm. Man, all around, I will say this. If anything else, you can trust this brother's integrity. I've known him for, what, 20, 30 years in Goma? We met in, what, 90-something? Yeah, something like that. We met in 95 at the Nationals in... Ann Arbor, Michigan. Ann Arbor, Michigan. Yeah. And I will say that this brother has always been consistent. And I don't mean that he hasn't grown or he had the same opinion all the time, but he has always been consistent and he's always been a stand-up brother and he's always been about his business and his integrity, which is why we have him on the show because he also has a lot of knowledge. As you see when we talked about the Michigan militia and dropping that stuff because, like, I never heard of the Michigan militia, so now I've gotten something to read. But we gonna we gonna pick his brain, and after this music, so Gypsy, I need you to, to um cue up the music. We about to take a music break, and then I don't know what we about to play because Gypsy about to play it. Gypsy, what we about to play? Uh, let's see. Let, let me see if <laughs> yeah, I can Gypsy don't know what we about to play. <laughs> oh, I know. Because see, I had two. See, I had two songs. So, we're just going to play these two songs then. How about that? One is short and one is short. You didn't pick no... Okay. I don't know about your idea. It's short. So, this is the next chapter radio. 
Oh, it ain't Sailor. You know I mean, so <laughs> it ain't Sailor. Yeah, we we had to you talk know? over Sailor because we'd have never we'd have never got anything in if we had played that for. But we got Angola Hill. He's a dope brother, dope poet, dope musician. And we're about to get um after we play this music, we're about to get in talking to him about legacy. If you want to talk, call in at six four six 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 eight two five seven four. And um we let's give our disclaimer. We don't mind your opinion, we don't mind your thoughts, but we do not deal with BS. If you come on talking that water ain't wet and that we don't breathe air, we're not gonna humor you. We're going to clown you and we're going to hang up on you. We don't entertain <laughs> stupidity and we don't entertain foolishness. If you don't agree with us, that's cool. As long as you have a well-thought-out opinion that you can express on the air. But you can't get on here talking about your emotions and your feelings and how you think the world should be all lilacs and clovers and then expect us to respect that and have a conversation. We will clown you and hang up. And we say that every week because... We just don't want to have – well, we do want to go through it, but we just try to spare folks. So, 646 I, I – six, I write material for these things. <laughs> 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 I got a knapsack. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we don't and, – and, and, and to be honest, it's, it's, it's not we're afraid of, 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 of dissent. We're not afraid of different stuff. We just have put, we just don't like ignorance and we don't like stupidity and we don't like just rampant idealism where you think you can click your heels together three times and then go home to Kansas. We don't do that here. This is about thought. And as long as you present a logical argument, we down, a logical opinion. We down. We'll listen to it. And we won't agree. Me and Gypsy don't agree sometimes. But the thing about it is we're not on here just expressing you know, some wild theory that we just heard on Fox News. And then, you know, when we, when we, when we question someone about it, they just like disbelieve it because they said it. We don't do that. So if you want to call in, like we said, 646-668-2574. With that, we're going to get into some music, and we'll be back um, depending on how long these songs are. Gypsy, take us to break.
Yeah. 
We are back in full and total effect. We are A-Town, we got Gypsy Star, and we got special guest in Goma Hill. And later we're going to have some of Goma's music. Um, yeah, we're just going to get it in. So, with that, Gypsy? Yes, sir. Okay, 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 okay. So, with that, before... um. We go in. Is there anything more about the hot topic that you want to talk about before we get into legacy? Nah, man. Let's just get into legacy. Oh, one one off-topic hot topic that we won't be able to do uh, another time. To those uh, who are also Star Wars fans out there, you know, uh, I want to tell y'all, may the Force be with you as well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, it's it's about that time. I'm not gonna lie, I'm about to watch Rise of Skywalker when this is over. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I'm just, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be honest. Hey, Goma, do you watch Me Star too. Wars? Nah. We gonna work on you, bro. You can't be so. You can't be such a Vietnam, bit. I don't want to watch no kind of war. Oh, I heard wow. that. Well, right. on that, so I me, give up. Let me, <laughs> let, me, let, me say this, let me say this on behalf of veterans and people who did not serve uh, all over the place, especially you guys who were in uh, Nam didn't get a lot. You brothers didn't get a lot of the credit and everything that you guys deserved when you guys came credit home. For what? Credit for what? Losing the war. I mean, just. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. See, only somebody, only somebody who was in it can say that. Like, if we said that, it'd be over. <laughs> it'd be just like, what I mean, you say? Uh, right. The United States is not one of. Well, the United States has not won a war since World War Two, and we didn't win, win that by ourselves. So what? That's true. What, wow. What's there to be proud of? Well, no, I mean, the yes. fact that you guys... Yes, I was an imperialist, and I'm proud of it. I went to another country and killed other people, took their land, <laughs> took their oil, took their diamonds, raped their women, <laughs> bombed their children. Yeah, I'm proud of it, shit. What? Really? Well, most <laughs> Give me a break. But no, I mean, well, most of y'all... No, no, I mean, it's true, but most of you guys... We didn't... We didn't, we, we, y'all, y'all, some of y'all, most of y'all that went didn't have choices. Y'all were drafted. Well, that's y'all true. Numbers came. I, I you drafted. know what I mean? So, I mean, yeah, so yeah, yeah. the fact that you, the fact that you didn't <clears throat> say, I ain't going to do that and run off to Canada, this may not, I may not be feeling it, but I'm just going to go do that anyway. Yo, and then to come <laughs> home to the, to, to a war that, about what you already was fighting and dealing with, man, that's a lot. So, you know, I, I my father was a, a, a retired postal worker, so I had a lot of play uncles who were Vietnam vets. Okay. So I got nothing but the, so I so for real hearing some of the stories and some of the things that you guys had to deal with over there, you guys have my immense respect just for the type of war that y'all had to deal with because it wasn't seen before that, you know, in quote unquote modern warfare. 
and so, and most of you guys didn't elect to go. You were told you had to go or go to prison. And so yep. uh, y'all got my y'all got my deepest respect just on those two points. You know what I mean? Okay. I could work with that. Yeah. Thanks. All right. Yeah, no and plus, problem. he's a, he ain't saying he a vet too. You were in the Marines, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. USMC. But it's hard to. <laughs> yeah. But it's hard yeah. to believe because he only yeah. like five foot. He only like five foot and a half. So you know, seeing him in the, as a marine I'm in a, in a war, I'd be like, "Kid, hey, where's your dad at?" Like, what you? I'm Quote, uh, quote, Americans, unquote, we are being um, 
Um, what's the word I want to use? Um, we're being brainwashed, and we're not really being educated. We're being miseducated. So if you don't have intellectual curiosity, you know, unless you were someone that was willing to just give you information and let you know what what happened and what was going on, then you won't know. Because it's not, you know, what the saying used to be, if you want to keep something from a black person, put it in a book. Well, that still holds true. Mm-hmm. You know, when you so, think of all the great scholars and all of the great, great writers that have written our history, it's not that it's not written. You can find it. You know what to look for. Tell, tell somebody, tell a college professor to give you a good book list. In fact, some some college professors don't know me to do it. Yeah. yeah. So I, I have a question, and this is this is a personal thing that um, I always deal with because I don't see it in other cultures, and I and, and I'm talking about when I say our people, I'm talking about specifically African people of African descent in America. Is like when people say I didn't learn Black history in class, I'm like, well, I didn't learn Italian history. I learned American history. But I didn't learn Italian or German history. I learned things from their history. I'm like, but in in specific, you know, there is no straight through teaching about a culture in a classroom. It's like you get general history and then you go home to get your history. And I know I've seen a lot of stuff on the Internet where it's a lot of black people upset that black history is not being taught in schools. And now they're talking about, I saw one where they're talking about they're going to start teaching it. And my question was, well, who the hell teaching it? Like who set up the curriculum? Right, who's teaching it? And and who's exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, so my, and so my thing is, and, and so the broader question is, do you think, African-American history or history, and if you want like African-American, the history of Africans in America, you know, from African descent who went through the Holocaust of, of you know, centuries of chattel um, enslavement, do you think that that should be taught inside school systems, or do you think just an accurate accounting of it should be taught in context of the history being taught, and then the rest should be on people of African descent in America to teach, or is there some other version for you? But I want to know, like, who do you think should be teaching this? And if it's going to be taught in schools, how do you think it should be taught? Well, first of all, as far as our history is concerned, uh, we have to understand that we didn't just it didn't start with slavery, and that's where that's 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 one of the pitfalls of the so-called educational system. They want to start just because you are African-born in America, they want to start with your history in America, but that's not the beginning. So we need to actually start. You know, you need to go back to Kemet, you know, and work your way up, and then we need to show the parallels. The pitfalls also, you know, we need we need world history so you understand how you fit in the world. 
You know, okay? Mm-hmm. So, and once you, once you get, have a full understanding of that, unless you're just uh, stupid or something, <laughs> you know, then you will have a thorough understanding of what people went through. So you might have a different kind of respect or a different understanding of what's going on. Americans don't have respect for Africans born in America because they don't know the history. Or if they do know the history, they only know one side of the history. They know the history as far as how what well, racist told it told it to you. Okay, so the other thing is um, education is not. Um, who? What I want to say? Mm. People people don't have a, a love or appreciation for information or. You know, the p- people go to school and they, they, they are not taught to think critically. And if they are thinking critically, they don't have enough information to be able to critique something. So therefore, you know, just like you didn't know about the Michigan militia, that happened in your lifetime. Just to give you an example, you know about the deacons of defense? Yeah, I know about the deacons of defense. Okay, you do, but the average... African born here in America, if you ask them, say, you knew about the Dickens in the film, they was like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. Yes, sir. Am I right or wrong? Oh, okay. You're right. One time I was performing at a high school, and I mentioned Emmett Till, and majority of the people, black and white kids alike, didn't know who Emmett, Emmett Till was. Exactly. Exactly. They were like, uh, who? Who? What? You know? You talk about the diggers yeah, of defense. You say, say, well, Dr. King, you know, he was, they, they were trying to, you know, integrate. They did so and so and so. I said, yeah, but did you know, understand that they had armed people armed that, that used to lead those <laughs> lead those parades, those marches. <laughs> <that used> to <laughs> <go>. <laughs> yeah, man, people don't know about them. They, you know, or or with Gandhi, like you know, Gandhi had some yeah. people who were unscrupulous, yeah. like like, listen, when. They won't give you peace. We'll raise hell. <laughs> did you know, like, okay. Did you know Dr. King wore a juju bag and said he was shot? He didn't have it on. Yeah. I remember mm. reading. Yeah, um, yeah, I remember reading. I think it was. It's either my so my um, my soul is rested. It was a book by um, Maynard Rustin. And they were talking about how one of the first um, SCLC um, meetings, you know, um, at King's house, one of the ministers almost sat on King's um, 35, 45, or 38. And they were like, listen, dude, um, <laughs> like, you can't be the head of, of the nonviolent movement and you carrying a piece. And, <laughs> and, they, and yeah, he said, okay, but yeah, but he, he used to carry a gun. But you know, I yeah, I grew up between Kojic and Baptist, and every good Baptist carries a gun. If you mess with a Baptist, yes, understand there's a gun somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> they they yes sir yes sir you are exactly right. <laughs> you you are prime, you are. They will shoot you in the name of Jesus. Yes, they will. <laughs> <laughs> they ain't going. They ain't coming for the blood of Jesus. They gonna get your blood and, send, for you your blood. and send you to Jesus. <laughs> yes, sir, yes, okay. yes, sir. Amen. Oh no! Oh my goodness! 
we we got to get back on topic. All right, we talked about like <laughs> and the call-in number is 646-668-2574 if you have questions. So, um <laughs> we were talking about codified history, we're talking about responsibility of teaching it. And um like and Goma said, you know, it's about who's teaching it and the piece some people don't know and what they do know was taught from a racist perspective. So with that, Ngoma, are you for or against this new or whatever position you have, let's not say it has to be for or against, what is your position on this movement to get schools to begin teaching black history? Mm-hmm. Like they said, if they if they came up and said, "Hey man, you know we want you to choose a side and just tell us how you feel," what would be your response to the people organizing this? Talking, you know, because I mean, it's people pushing it hard, and people who are I think upset. I have, to see the, I have to see the curriculum. I'd be like, you know, show me the curriculum and let me see the book list. Let me see the credentials of who's teaching it and who taught them. And so as long as the people who As long as the curriculum and the people teaching It checked out, you would be cool Yeah See, that's why you get an elder on the line Because other folks be going in They gotta be You know, I know know people With melanin deficiencies (laughs) (laughs) They actually know our history Some of them can teach you I'm not saying you can't That you have to be of African descent To be able to teach it But you have to have the right information You have to be willing to discuss it You have to be willing to Gotta have the right booklets (laughs) Gotta have the right opinion You just can't be Yeah Trying to think who who, who I was thinking of Name of that book, the book, uh, the white boy taught history. He said, he said she, she, um, um, toward that city college. Um, hold, I can't think of the name right now. Oh, uh, hold, hold on a minute. All right, I know one, one white guy I like is Tim Wise. He, he's, he's always yes. been on point to me. Tim Wise. Be good. Um, I'm trying to think of the book, something about America. Um, uh, oh, Howard Zinn. Howard, like Howard Zinn, for example. Okay. Okay. If you Howard yeah. Zinn, yeah, you could teach black history. Okay, it's okay. <laughs> now, see, that's interesting because I know, I know a lot of a lot of brothers and sisters. Are absolutely against anybody except people, people, black folks of African descent, teaching black history. Teaching, uh, you know. And so, what would you say to them? What would you say to them if they said, "Well, I don't want them teaching it"? What would what would be a rationale you would give for let for saying it was okay for him to teach it? Show me the book list. <laughs> right back to the material. 
Yeah, so yeah. I get that. Material is material. If you got the right material, then, you know, and you're not teaching it from just from your perspective, but if you're actually teaching the truth, then teach it. I would add an addendum to that. I would add an addendum to that. I would add an addendum to that. Because because it's good that you're teaching the kids and you got the book list and all this, that, and the third. Wonderful. But every kid ain't going to be like Michael Michael on the first uh, season of Good Times, bringing that information (laughs) home and teaching his parents. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? Everybody, every, every kid ain't gonna do that. So, Boy is a white racist word. I'm sorry, I had to go there. You can't say Michael yeah, got, from Good Times and I'm not say. <laughs> Yo, that got my <laughs> repeating that got my got my block knocked off. By the way, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, both our parents work for the post office. You had a short lease with something like that. <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah, man. Please. Oh, my <laughs> oh man. But we gonna get we gonna get into my to my mama whooping my behind next week. That's too <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> But um, so. I think I think they should have a not only with teaching the kids, I the think there too. should be a parents class either two nights a week on Saturdays. So it should be a thing, uh, it should be a class where if you sign up for this, your parents have to sign up for it. Mm. So you guys can both get the education. That could work. That might be good. When we taught African free school, I told um when I was in Baraka's organization, we had an African free school that taught mm. um, grades um, six. Uh, first through six in one class, and then we had, uh, and we had team teachers. And the, in order to be in the class, we had a parents' organization that the parents had to attend and had to be a part of, in order for your kid to be a part of the program. Wow! And what was the response to the parents? Did you get pushback, or were they just like, "Okay, yeah, I'm down." Like what, yeah, what was I'm down. And I, want my, I want my I want my kid to be in the program. Then you got to show and tell. No. But I mean, did they you, push you back? Be in the program. No, not really. I mean, that's what I was asking because I know you would do it just no, to no. make sure your kids in the program. Well, that's cool because you know nowadays it's you know with the new math, kid, parents are like, well, I got to learn math. You know, it's just like so you know, <laughs> we. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we <laughs> so now, man, it's it's one of those things where not, not only did not only did the parents have participated in two, we had what was because one of the classes was in the Marcus Garvey public school system, okay, and we had mm-hmm. organized the parents. We had what we call a flying parent squad, and they would show up in the school with cameras at any given point of the day. We organized them. They they wouldn't tell nobody they was coming, you know. wasn't like, oh, I got an arrangement to talk to somebody so and so. They would just show up in the school, take pictures and stuff of what was going on, and they kept they kept everybody wow. on their toes because you didn't know when they was you didn't know when we was gonna show up. <laughs> yeah. 
Anyway. All right. So, you know, that's no, but that 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 is an interesting agenda because um, looking at it from um, uh, a clinical perspective, one of the things that happens when people come in for um, treatment, we look at the environment they're going home to, because just as important right, as the treatment, the treatment that they're getting is the atmosphere they're going to go home to, and is it conducive? to what they're doing in treatment and is it going to be supported so it can continue. And you're right. You know, sometimes if you get kids coming home and they're on some other stuff than what, you know, the rest of the family is on and they're talking, Hey, this is what I learned. Then sometimes, you know, parents feel either like replaced. They feel like short because the kid knows something that they don't. And then they get like major pushback. So, you know, I think that that and the parent thing is is important because you want them to be down with the knowledge, too, so they'll support it. You know, you don't want the kid coming home and then saying something. Because, like, when I taught preschool, well, true story. We knew what the, you know, we knew what the home, go ahead. We knew what the home environment was because a lot of times we would go home with the kids. Like, we, wow. like if, you cut up in, if, you, if you cut up in school, right? You could expect the teacher to show up at your house six, six thirty, seven o'clock. By the time your parents home, you but thinking you you got away with everything. It's time for dinner. The teacher will show up at your house. Man, <laughs> I wouldn't like you as a teacher. <laughs> but you know what? But you know what? <laughs> that's, that's, that, I think that's a beautiful thing because because. And I and I wanted to touch on this last, next week, and I probably am, and I hope Jessica's listening because she's probably gonna rip me a new one when I say this. But there is only one community that they always say that the woman is the backbone of the community, and that's with black folks. But the real backbone of the community is the family, is the family unit. And that's what right. builds that community. So we have to get back to the family community structure, the family community level. Like we, okay. we were talking earlier about like the quarantine thing, right? I saw something online and it really made me miss New York and just the love that some of the borough, I think it was Brooklyn, somebody was, you know, just blasting Biggie out the window. And the whole neighborhood opened up their windows and started singing. (laughs) Just just for togetherness. And at that one moment, for five minutes, the whole neighborhood was together. That video went viral. And that's what people are looking for, that sense of community, especially in the black community. When you got all this stuff going on like this, so mm-hmm. I think that's beautiful and I think that's wonderful. And I wish I'd have known about it because I would have, I would want my, I would want my children to be involved in that, and and even you know be a part of that myself because I think that's wonderful mm-hmm. because that's 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 what we need now. In the worst what way. We really, what we really need is to realize that we're going to have to take care of ourselves. 
okay? And figure and figure out how yeah. we're going to be about it. Not, not expecting the government to come save you or the church to come save you. You know, we're going to have to really organize and say, okay, as a collective, what is it that we can do, you know, to save ourselves? Because ain't nobody coming to save you. <laughs> if anything, they're trying to do this. If anything, they're trying to destroy you. So, you know, so that's where where we yeah. ask people got to say, okay, you know, I ain't expecting Trump to save me or Biden to save me. Or, you know, we got to do this ourselves. We had a point oh, yeah. where if you look at what's going on here, the way the economy is failing, the way things are going crazy, you know. <laughs> The more you realize it, the more you realize, oh, you got to save yourself. Mm. Yeah, if it, if it wasn't clear before, it better be clear now. You got, right. you know, automatic do not resuscitate. You got these crazy politicians talking about, you know, it's worth letting your grandma and grandpa die to, to boost the economy. <laughs> it's just like, like <laughs> wow. It's like, what is your conversation like at family gatherings? Like, Listen, Grandma, I know you've been around for a long time, so don't take this personal. It's time for to go. We need to end Like, how do, you, how do you say that and then go home to your family? Like, what do you say when you walk in? Like, I mean, if I said, I can't imagine saying that stuff and coming home to my grandmother without getting, like, a shoe to the head. Like, did you just say, let me die? <laughs> like, no, Grandma said that you, you like, die for money. And that's and that's, look, and that's if you and that's if you and that's if you lucky. <laughs> <laughs> not, not only black people, we have to look at the state of the family. Period. Compared to yeah. years ago, when when there were actual family structures. Now the now now they got babies raising babies. Okay, you got people. Yeah. You you got grandparents thirty years old, twenty five. I don't even know how that happened. Okay, <laughs> it happened because you was having babies at thirteen and fourteen. That's how it happened. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's wild. You know. So how you gonna raise a child? You know, your child <laughs> with no education. Yeah, that's that's not it's not funny, but it's funny. Like, yeah, you're going to raise yeah. your kids. What you going to raise them to do? Be an accident. Mm, yeah. <laughs> who's raising your kids? Yeah. <laughs> A lot of times, yes, sir, that is, that is who's doing it. Yeah, Black Exploitation TV. Um, yeah, I, right. let me tell you something. BET and me been at odds since, what, 2005? Um, literally, I I, I went to I forgot was it I think Jamaica. It was and it was a literary festival, and I won a contest to get down there. And the radio station said, "Hey, listen, you know, BT wants to um eat dinner with you, so you're going to be sitting at their table." And I'm like, "Cool, you know, this would be interesting, man." I need to tell you. That me and my ex-wife were the only black folks there. 
I was like, I was like, who are these people? They're like, well, it's like when they got took over by Viacom or something. And I'm just like, how am I? <laughs> like, really? How am I at a at a black festival <laughs> with black entertainment television? And I'm literally, me and my ex are the only black folks. Only black folks. That's, that's <laughs> at the table. Wow. How did wow. that happen? Yeah. It took you to 2005 to be upset with BET? No, no. I, I I said when I had beef, like I was, I had problems with them before. So you know, let's let's take it to the street. You got issues and you got beef. If you got an issue, we we talk that out. If you got beef, it's like okay, we can't be in the same place at the same time. I had issues with BET. What well, first, the first mistake? First mistake you you made was to think that black people own BET. <laughs> <laughs> How dumb of me! <laughs> you know, it, it, what's in the name? But but hold on, let's get back because we talking about legacy. Oh yo, here's a TNC radio. Um, we talking about legacy within Goma Hill. In Goma, um, one of your main things is you use the arts, right? So yeah, I try. Wh- um, <laughs> you don't try. You play 15 <laughs> instruments. If you try and like, I'm like a hopeless failure because I can't play one. <laughs> so you're a poet. You've been moving people. What do you think the place of art in the in the in the um, legacy of the people of the African diaspora in America? What do you think? the role of art is. Some people think that um, it's, you know, just about art for art's sake. Some people, you know, like um, like um, Amiri Baraka in Blues people, he's talking about, like, you know, our art has always been functional. We've never made art right. for art's sake. So what do you think the purpose of art is? Do you think there's such thing as art for art's sake? And do you and 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 I'm not trying to make a monolith out of it. I'm just trying to frame a question for you to take off from. Um, when it comes to art, some people think it should entertain. Some people think it should educate. Some people think it should you know carry the tradition. Some think it should reflect the the um, period of the time and you know and have a voice. And some people get in those pockets and say this is all it is. Do you think that there's a monolithic purpose for art, or do you think it should do all of those, or just some of them? And I know that's a big question, so just answer it how you want to. Yeah, it should do all of that. It should do all of that. It should educate. It should entertain. It should inform. It should, it should uh, be, be beautiful. You know, some of you can feast your eyes on. It should be e all of the above. Not, it doesn't have just one particular purpose, but I really, I don't. I'm not. A, um, I think art for art's sake is like a waste of time. It's not something that, why, that, why we, is that? that we need to be about. Art should have some other purpose what? besides the fact that it's just pretty. You know, you need to 
People need information. Mm-hmm. Especially our people. We need the truth. <laughs> you know, not just information. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to be informed, not misinformed. And once we 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 know the truth when we get some information, then we can make proper decisions. You can't make a proper decision about how you should handle a particular matter if you don't, you know, if, if you think it's just, there's no need for it. You have to know your history to know where you're going. If you don't know what happened before, then how you know what's next, what you should be doing, whether you're remaking the wheel or not. And it's like what's yeah. this pushing a pushing a stone up the hill. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, for a little bit. And and and, it's, and we we letting it go back down instead of pushing it forward. You know. But uh well, but there are to, a lot of people who say that. Like, you know, forget okay, the well, past. I mean, right now we're li- we're living in a very disjoint time. I'm just playing devil's advocate. Uh-huh. We're living in a disjoint time where, you know, People are, especially our people, and I'm not saying as a, as in total because nothing is in total, but I'll say the vocal and the most animated part are talking about this is a different time, you don't understand, blah, 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 that doesn't fit. Like, what do you say to them? I mean, is there, I, and I know you, you say what you said, but is there any anything that you, anybody you've had this conversation with that, you said something that you that hit on them that got them to see, you know that you know what they're talking about is a mess. Because I, I agree too, you know, like you said, if you don't know the history, you are doomed to repeat it. Exactly. You know. Well, you know, I I say things that piss people off. You know, I, I might say something like, hey, bro, <laughs> "You thought Jesus, you you thought Jesus wrote the Bible, didn't you?" <laughs> <laughs> Can I borrow that? Sure. Check, check, please. Sure. <laughs> there we go. Sure. <laughs> and they say, "Bah, bah." I got lots of them. My, my lady wrote a poem, and one of the lines of the poem it said, "We're good as a god with his hands and feet nailed to a cross." <laughs> wow. <laughs> I got mm-hmm. This one wants to know why you turned your back to your ancestors to follow your oppressor's religion. Hmm. <laughs> and that's so that's the another thing we want to talk about is religion. So if you could, oh, like, and I'm not, <laughs> but no, this ain't gonna be one of them. I just want you to explain a little bit about your religion and how do you think religion plays a part. In the legacy of of people in the African diaspora in America, and because again, there's there's views that you know we can get to the promised land with all different religions working together. It's like some people say until we totally shed everything that we got from this country and go back to our original beliefs and religious systems, we can't be there. Oh, What's that? your pers- <clears throat> huh? What what is that? So, I don't, I don't know, but you know, cause I don't know, like, I, I don't know of like, like I said, you know, just one belief system. You know, people talk about Africa like it's America. You know, they don't understand the expanse of it. They don't understand 
the spiritual religious practice, <laughs> how big it was. You know what I'm saying? So, but, you know, and again, I'm just, like I said, I'm throwing out arguments for the purpose of just answering the questions. But what do you think the role, first of all, what is your, um, your religious or spiritual beliefs and how do you think those affect building a legacy? Do you think we can have all of them together or do you think we have to totally get rid of everything that we've picked up in America and return to some belief system of our, of our people before we can actually start moving forward and like building a legacy where we're over this and not still going through it? Mm, that's a good one. But people have to understand the, understand the role that, re, that religion has played and why. And the fact that their spiritual belief was taken from the, in the, the, the cross, the lash, and the gun enforced what you know of as religion. And if you don't look at the history of it, if you look at the whole spectrum and you realize that there's only one God, no matter who, who you call, who you call it, then that's one thing. But then if you look at the history, especially of Christianity in the United States and the rest of the world, and look at how it was used or misused, then that's a problem. I go back to that same question that I just asked. Uh, this poem wants to know why you turned your back to your ancestors to follow your oppressor's religion. And a, a lot of people, the, the reason is because they didn't know anything about original people. All they know is what the slave master taught them or whipped to them or, killed, or, or forced them to believe in them. And they didn't have the, hmm, I guess they had the wherewithal, but they didn't they couldn't really. When Africans were brought here from different tribes and whatnot, they couldn't really communicate with each other because they didn't speak the same language. So, mm-hmm. since white people put a gun to your head and say you got you got to once they're in charge, then you have to believe in who they say is God, then then you got a real problem. Uh, yeah. And the only way you probably come to some other conclusion is if you have the intellectual um, curiosity to seek out information to know what's what and who's who and what's real and what's not. Am I making sense? Mm-hmm. If, so, you, um, know, if, you, if you just if you just go for the okie doke, then you just you know you just kind of lost. I get no, that. I'm, I'm not sure um, I'm answering your question or not. No, you, you you are. It's like you know, because like there's no straightforward. But the one thing that I do want to um, talk about that um, I'm trying to get a, a more clear um, expression is if people were still like you, like we talk about the um, classroom depends on what books, what information, what the curriculum. If people had right. the correct cultural curriculum. Do you still think <clears throat> well do you think make, that make that we could that yeah that but we could still have you know the Muslim, the Christian, the Buddhist, all this other kind of stuff 
the Yoruba, um, whatever. And do you think that if, if all of them had the correct cultural curriculum, <coughs> we could work together to get to the next level of, of living in this country and, code, and, and like you said, you know, build more on that codified um, legacy? Or do you think that as long as there's the different religions, that we won't be able to get to the correct cultural curriculum. Problem is trying to determine which is the correct cultural curriculum. What's correct? And a lot of it is based on your belief system. So the question is whether the things that you believe, whether they're true or not. Once you do some investigation, to find out what's what, who believes what and why and how, whether they were forced to believe this or whether they came to these conclusions on their own, and whether one religion didn't exploit another one, <laughs> then we might get somewhere. But otherwise, it's just it's just more exploitation. Wow. So, Gypsy, I know I've been um, monopolizing the conversation. Do you have any questions? Because, like I said, me and and Goma go way back, and I could ask questions forever. So um, do you have anything? Because if not, I will continue to probe. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Look at you like, no, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. (laughs) So um, getting back to... um, the place uh, we we talked about art. We talked about religion. Is 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 there anything from our history that you know of that you should that you think should be common knowledge, like the Martin Luther King and the Malcolm X and the Mega Evers and the Rosa Parks? I mean, these are staples where pretty much if you know anything about African American history or the history of people of African descent in America, you know those. Is there something that you know of or something that you think um, should be known on that level that isn't? On that level? In other words, is there something that you know of history or something that you know of our people that you think should be known, just like Malcolm Martin, Megger, and Rosa? Like should be like common, like everybody should notice. Like this should be something, like the deacons of defense. Like I like when you like that. I think everybody should know the deacons of defense because I think that puts a different spin on this nonviolent movement and the 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 myth that's perpetuated about how and what went on and like Rosa Parks and the Highlander School of Social Dissent. I think everybody should know that. You know, people think Rosa Parks was some old lady who just got fed up. She was trained in social, <laughs> you know, social dissent yeah. forever. And yeah. you know, it was so, it was somebody um, who was who knew Rosa and was at her her books a book signing, and it, in the book it was a children's book, and then it says you know um, you know and one day she got tired and just wouldn't get up, and she said every no. like every books. Every book she signed, 
she would go to the page and cross out that sentence and say, I wasn't tired. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, okay. So, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So is it something that you know or that or, or aware of in history that you think should be more readily known and part of our, our dis, you know, our common discussion and not something that's just hiding in the back of the book like, yo, we ought to know this. This ought to be a regular discussion. Well, to begin with, we need to not think that our history began in America. Period. And that Africans born in America, their history doesn't just start with the Emancipation Proclamation. It doesn't start with slavery. Before you know where you're going, you have to know where you've been. If you think that you was a slave to begin with, and that white people were, were your masters and, and so on and so forth, you know. But we 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 had a we ruled <laughs> continents and stuff, and not and not just in Africa, you know. <laughs> you know, so you really you really need world history from the beginning. Perspective, not just something that just started like in 1492 or some bullshit. And you need to know the truth. You need to know who, even if you're talking about that, you need to know who Columbus was and you need to know the history of where Europeans exploited the Native Americans or how they exploited mm-hmm. people all over the world. You need, you need world history and not just from a a Eurocentric perspective. Because once you can put everything into context, then, then stuff makes makes sense to you. But otherwise, it's, you know, it's just ludicrous to think, you know, think something happened that started sixteen, nineteen. <laughs> really? Yeah. But they teach that. Like, I, my, I, when my mother moved to Chicago, she put us in the suburbs because she had heard so much negative things about the city. And so when we were, when I was in, um, when I was in high school, they start teaching American history, and they start, then they brought up, you know, enslavement and all other kind of stuff. And I straight up asked my teacher. I said, "So wait a minute, where all these black folks come from?" Okay. And I kid you, I kid you not. His his exact words almost to the T were, for this class, let's just say they were already here, and we're going to start their history there. And I was like, no, but like, where did they come? I I said, so we're going to talk. So, so we're going to talk about the Moors. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, but hey, but, but but I asked him. I was just like, I said. So you saying we just popped up here? He's like, for the sake of this class, we're just going to say Africans, I mean, the black folks in slavery started here. And I was just like, and he, wouldn't, and he wouldn't talk nothing else about it. He was just like, we just popped up. <laughs> he wouldn't talk about no shit. He wouldn't talk about the pilfer and the, nothing. For this class, and it was an American history class, we'll just say they were already here. And then, like you said, we get into the Moors, 
But you know, we know they didn't explain to Morris. And Morris was like, "We we we are had that butt on the platter. <laughs> Y'all trying to mess with us?" <laughs> yeah, I would. I would. I, I probably wouldn't have survived in your household because I they would have told me something like that. I'd have been like, "Nope," <laughs> and just packed my bag <laughs> and went to shut it off. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Be like. Show me your book list. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, nope. Yeah, man, but, <laughs> but that, hey, but like Arkham Goma said, who's teaching the class, man? That is the history that I got man, from that class. They're like, you just will just say you and your ancestors were just already here, which is a partial truth. But he he is not contextual, <laughs> so it's just like yeah, right. you left a you left a big gap out of there, homie. But um, <laughs> you know, because I read I, I read and I didn't finish it, but I read they came before Columbus. So I, I, I like I just put it if y'all talking about black folks, I have an Ivan Van Sertima collection, but I left it in Cleveland. And I'm so pissed that I lost touch with the person I left my library with. But but mm-hmm. I think that Sertima has a book uh, has a collection of books on Africa and the African diaspora. And he has Golden Age of the Moor that came before Columbus and, and I forgot the other ones. But if you have not looked at those books, check them out. Ivan Van Sertima is the man. Like he's the yeah. man. So, and John Henry like Clark thing, is another one. Francis, yeah, Doctor the late Doctor Francis Cress Wilson. Yeah, yeah, Wilson. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but you know what? Interestingly enough, the book that that kind of opened me up was my 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 senior year in high school. My best friend was like a year and a half older than me. He was a sociology major. He was already in college. So he told me to read Black Bourgeoisie by E. Franklin Frazier. Mm. And once once I read that, then I understood the class differences based upon color. And that, that opened the door. Once I understood that, then I just went from there. <laughs> then I started just reading everything I could get my hands on. And one of the interesting things that happened to me, too, because I didn't major in history or anything, when I was in Vietnam, my friends were sociology majors and history majors, and a lot of them were activists. And they would send me a couple of books, and I would read the books and send them back, and they'd send me another book. So I, 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 I took a almost like a black study course before it was being offered in schools. So wow. when I came back from when I came back from Nam, I was doubly pissed off. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, he's like, I, I'm a veteran and I'm a, a black history expert. And so, yo, let's point that out. Listen to what he just said. He had people who sent him books. So this is the other thing about legacy. And like he said, the books are out there. If you know somebody who knows something, don't go up and just ask them, tell me everything you know. You know, so can you send me a book list? <laughs> yeah. So ask them for books and, to read, so and then yeah, they call back and ha- ask them questions. 
Because, I mean, yeah. I tell you, my number one response when white people come up to me, ask me about black history, I'm like, listen, if you if your plumbing was broken and you couldn't get in touch with a plumber, what would you do? Like, I get a book or look on the internet. So I'm like, Google exactly. It. <laughs> Google it. I'm like, so this is what you do. How about this? All the questions that you have about black folks, go look up books and material on it and come ask me questions about the material. Don't ask me to yeah. give you the material. You know, and so, right. and that's a big thing as part of legacy is that you not only want to know, but you want to know for yourself. I mean, you don't want to ever discard the elder's wisdom. Like, I wouldn't want to, you know, listen to Ngoma's poetry and never talk to Ngoma. But I do want to listen to his poetry and know it. You know what I'm saying? And then come back and ask him questions about it. And I don't want to come up there, Ngoma, tell me about your, about your poetry, about, you know, the African feet and American shoes and wonder why they, I was like, you know, dude, I, I want to say, hey, man, I read that. I know that haiku. I know this poem. I know this. I know this. Can we talk about it? And, well, and speaking of talk, book. go ahead. Let me tell you a good book to read. There's a book called Murder Incorporated, Empire, Genocide, Manifest Destiny, Dreaming of Empire. It's written by Mumia Abu-Jamal and Stephen Vittoria. I suggest. I heard of that book. Yeah, it's, it's relatively new. It's two of them now. This is the first one. Yeah, I suggest. I suggest you read it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It was Mamiya and who? Who was the other one? Stephen Detoria. Okay, Stephen Detoria. Yeah. So Stephen Detoria and Mamiya Abu. Well, Jamal, Murder Incorporated. It's called Murder, Murder Incorporated. Empire, Genocide, Manifest Destiny. And, yeah. just, right. so, and just so everybody knows, if you didn't have your pen and everything ready, this is something that we're going to start doing on the show. I'm just saying we're going to do it and it's about to happen. And I know uh, A-Town will make this happen. Cause, no, I mean because we we got an elder and he's giving and he's dropping jewels and wisdom, and you may not have known these things. There's certain books I'm like, damn man, I ain't got a pen. I'm doing something else, man. All right, listen, we're gonna get, we're gonna we're gonna start it. It has to start somewhere. So on our Facebook feed. We're going to send out for the show, and then we're also going to drop four books. Hey, read. So we can start that reading list. So people can say, hey, listen, I, I got this book. I was turned on to this and turned on to that because that's how it and where it starts. So we just can't take the wisdom of the elder and be like, okay, word, I heard that. We have to act on it. So let's so let's start doing that. Let's start acting on it. So every time okay. we do the show, we're gonna we're gonna put up. Not only are we gonna put up the topics and everything, but we also gonna put put that put a book list together, and and feed you that way too. Because I think that is something that uh, you again you can't take a the the elder the wisdom of an elder and not do something with. It. So that right there is, yeah. is is probably one of the most powerful things ever. 
You know what I mean? And and even with that, I love the fact that you told shared that experience about being, you know, in a foxhole or in, in Nam and having a and having that book. There's a lot of brothers and sisters that's locked up behind bars. Instead of sending them money on their books and just like and stuff like that. Send them a book. Make well, the question that is, time will, when the, will, will they let you give? Will, will they let you give them the books that they need? Is the question. Okay, so as long as we're talking about books, this is, this is a book that I think everybody should, should read. It's called The Occult Conspiracy: it's The Power of Secret Societies in World History. If you read that book, then you'll understand the role that religion has played. In the history of the world, and how much is all a lie? <laughs> okay. Mm. <laughs> repeat that. Repeat it. Repeat that one more time. So the, the power of name of the name of the book is the occult conspiracy. It's the power of secret societies in world history, and it names all the different groups that were actually um, secret secret societies, like the Rosicrucians, for example, like the Jesuits. You know, y'all think that some people don't know who runs the world. You know, it ain't Trump. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it was one funny because everybody, I, one day I said, man, he's an antichrist. And I was just saying that jokingly. And my brother said, listen, if I know one thing, he's too dumb to be the antichrist. <laughs> he, said, if he, was, he said, if he was an antichrist, we would win. like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, true that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, okay. So, I, I don't know if he's as dumb as he act. I think he's a puppet. Oh, no, he is. He, he, he is. The thing about it is Trump is, uh, and we can, we're not supposed to diagnose people based on the gold water rule, which means until they sat in your chair, you don't diagnose them, and you're supposed to not diagnose people to after 30 days. But Trump based on his public appearances and conversation, is a textbook narcissist. And the thing about mm. narcissists is they have this overinflated concept of themselves. It's called and they have ideas of reference and ideas of influence, which means they think everything in some way relates to them and that they in some way influence everything else. So a lot of the intelligence of narcissists is really just the power of their presentation affecting people who fall for it. But Trump is is a beneficiary of fringe benefits. He says things that inflame people, and then he gets the benefit of people who are dumb enough to follow him. But he's not saying yeah. anything nuanced or anything anything just like, we will be saying, oh, that's a game or that's fly. What he does is he appeals to the base nature. He denies responsibility and accountability for everything. And then we live in a world where it's, you know, fertile ground for that. And it sows seeds of discord and craziness and builds them followers. But if you look at the people following him, like really following him, like the Republicans don't really follow him. 
they put up with him because no. he's beneficial. They put up with him. Right. Right. But then there's people who follow him. So there are people who are benefiting from his ignorance, and then there's some people who are subjugated to it. But he is really that mm-hmm. dumb. It's just he lives in a world where being dumb can be smart if you're bold enough to act like you're smart. And that's what he's been. Okay. He been I mean, literally, he says, he was like, all, all you know, people coming up from Mexico are race, race um, are murderers and this, that, and the other. Then, you know, no, I didn't say that. Then he'll be like, well, this, that, and the other. Well, I didn't say that. And then it's like, well, I dismantled the pandemic team. But do you take responsibility? No, I don't. But that's because in his mind, everything he does is right. Everything he does yeah. is correct. So what he did couldn't have been the problem. So he deflects to somebody else. But that ain't intelligence. That's narcissism. And there's a okay. difference. And so he's a narcissist. He is just living in the world where you can be stupid and still run it, which is the problem. <laughs> yeah, it's a real problem. <laughs> which is the real problem, that you can be an yeah. idiot and still run the country, and then people question your idiocy as if it's intelligence. It's like, no. It's like when, when white folks separated light-skinned from dark-skinned black folks. They wasn't doing that to build a knowingly build a caste system. What happened is they really believed the lighter you were, closer to white, the better you were. And then the fridge benefited that. It resulted in the caste system. But they were like, hey, let's split them up, this, that, and the other. They're like, no, white is right. And they were acting in their arrogance and in their deification. And it turned into a caste system. But they wasn't smart enough to start that. They didn't want nobody mm-hmm. dark in the house. You know what I'm saying? You know, they, we get, sometimes we give we give hate and racism too much credit for intelligence. It's just a byproduct of human nature. You know, if you say something enough, people will believe it. And so there you yeah. go. But but he truly is an idiot. <laughs> he is an he is an idiot to the day he dies. He's an idiot. Like I never thought anybody would be a hopeless idiot. He is one. He is one. <laughs> but you know what? He is one. We didn't get to any music. We didn't get to any callers. We didn't talk this show away. And Goldman, next time, we're we going to have to get you on again. We're going to have to get you on as an artist and play your music and do everything because there's only like seven minutes left. <laughs> we're about <laughs> to be out. I'm like, I'm looking, okay. I'm like, damn, we have, we have went through two hours. But yo, Goldman, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for dropping the wisdom. Thank you for the books. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm actually going to be, I'm going to pick up the Murder, Inc. first, and then I'm going to pick up the other one. But, um, okay. you know, we appreciate you. I, I, you know, I always appreciate you. always been a big homie for me. And, and, and so, and you've always been open and stuff. So I appreciate you. But since you are the uh, the guest of the day, any closing remarks on legacy or just message to people of the diaspora in America, your insights on what you think is important. I mean, it doesn't even have to be legacy right now. This is just <laughs> you dropping whatever jewel you want to drop about whatever you think is important to you, man. This, this is your, this is your time. Just, just, just lay it down and we don't listen. <laughs> well, we are at a point in our history that we really need unity amongst 
people of African descent. And if we never had it, we need it now. And we also need self-determination, self-defense, self-respect, those three things, so we can move forward. Um, and I know that sounds Kawaii-ish, Kawaii-ish, but, but that's, that's basically <laughs> That's a whole nother conversation. It's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> yeah. But we definitely need to uh, realize that we're at a point that we have to look out for each other because there's nobody else looking out for us. Nobody else gives a damn. Okay? So yeah. we have to seek out the truth on all levels so we know how to respond. If, you, if you're functioning on on a bunch of crap, then you can't, you know, you can't resolve contradiction. A lot of say, well, what happens? How do we move forward? You have to resolve contradiction. Plus, you have to look at them. If you don't know that they are contradictions, if you think everything is as it should, as it should be, then, you know, you're just kind of lost anyway. You know, maybe you'll catch the virus. <laughs> <laughs> Be ready. <laughs> he goes off stage and then throws in the Carter ball and be like, what? <laughs> 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 and then he Because you say stuff like that. And that's one thing 
people are part of legacy also is speaking for those who don't have a voice in it. You know what I'm saying? Because I mean, even with this show, it's kind of classist in the fact that if you don't have internet or a cell phone, you can't listen to this show. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It ain't the old days where you can just pull up on next to a radio or something. So we oh, are yeah. in that we are in that era. But like we got a minute and we about to um break out with our with our um our our intro. So we just want to thank Ngoma and Goma real quick. If somebody wants to get in touch with you, book you, anything like that, read some more of your work, you know, um hit us up with where yeah. you can um be found. I'm on Facebook, Ngoma Hill, G O M A last name Hill or Ngoma Osayemi Fatumi Shay, get me there. You can email me in Gomez World at AOL. I did have a website, but the website's down, so you can't catch me there. I'm on um, Instagram, in Goma, underline, uh, then Hill on Instagram. Um, you, can, you can Google me, YouTube me. I got CDs. I got about six six CDs. They're on CD Baby. They're on iTunes. They're on um, Spotify. Yeah. So. All right, you heard all yeah. that, and this show is recorded. So if you miss something in in about an hour, it'll be up, uploaded to the internet, and you can replay it and get all of that. But Spotify, he got um, he said it on um, YouTube. He's on Facebook. He's on CD Baby. C- CD Go Baby, to these places. iTunes. iTunes. Go there, get his stuff. We got twenty seconds, Gypsy. Give us the last takeout. We don't have to skip the song because the show is over. So, Gypsy, in 10 seconds, sum up your life, brother. <laughs> in the words of Russell Simmons, God bless and good night. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's all. The show <laughs> goes to a close. Like I said, we want to <laughs> thank Ngoma. This is um, A-Town and my great co-host, Gypsy. Um, And as we always say when we leave, keep your eye on the sparrow, y'all. So with that, y'all be easy. We out. Right.